0: Welcome to another episode of Planning Phase Syndicate. Tonight, we have episode three called All Your Systems Belong to Us. We're going to have a conversation with our Academy 101 segment about system and activation phase. We then, after that, are going to have a conversation and a roll call segment about trajectory simulator and sensitive controls. Because those are two cards that affect the system and activation phase that we feel could be prominent targets for people to play at your locals and in your meta. Then we're going to do our third Constructing the Death Star. And, then folks, if you don't like our Constructing the Death Stars, just let us know. We'll cut those out. But we find them extremely fun and we're going to use them to play on future games. With that being said, welcome to Planning Phase Syndicate. Tonight, I have my co-host, Charles, the Mandalorian, the scum infector, and the soon-tier hater, Dillman, notice, as well as Matt Shivel, the, <laughs> the bald but loving teddy bear that will give you a hug and help you learn Swing as we continue our journey. Welcome to the show, folks. How are you guys tonight? Doing great. That doesn't sound like you sound very great. You are not oh. making America great again with that, Matt. We gotta go. How let's go one more time, Matt. How are you feeling great. right sir? <laughs> All right. Come Moving on. That, I guess. Out. Come charles. guess charles Good Lord, Matt. Corbin. Corbin, my man. All right, I missed that. I don't I've only seen that movie You've once. I've only actually okay, seen that movie it. once. I uh, think
1: episodes over. Go watch Fifth Element.
0: Once. Ugh. All right. We maybe can yeah, we stream? Oh, we can't it, stream no. it on here. We're going <laughs> to DCA. Um. Anyway, so Charles and Matt have joined us because we are Planning Face Syndicate. Our goal is to help work with everybody to teach you X Wing as well as give you some tips and tricks on beginners as well as bring you some meta content and some fun gibberish that we conjure up in the meantime tonight we are like as i said in the beginning opening we want to cover activation and system phase because i think that's like really important to the game i could be wrong i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's pretty important it's integral to the game and it's just one of those things where um those are some of the highly debated discussions on how you play the game but. Given the fact that we're all different types of players and we want to give a little bit of knowledge and help you start off your journey into X-Wing, this is essentially our way of helping. you. So if we want to begin the show before we get into our Academy 101, let's say, and this is this is just me kind of spitballing here, but we talk about our different weeks, different things that have happened. And in my world, about a week and a half ago, we played a live in-person game of x-wing for the first time since the beginning of covid in march so one year and two months ago we officially were able to play our first in-person game with our local group
1: awesome great to be able to play in person
0: it was and yeah and the difference here is that we were able to give some tokens away and we have one giveaway for tokens tonight for somebody that subscribed to the stream since the last time. Charles, go ahead and name that gentleman's name.
2: Uh, JRVallis13. That's Thank you, JRVallis.
0: There you go, JRVallis. Thank you for joining our syndicate um we welcome you with open arms what we need to do is charles will reach out exactly. to you and get your address and we will ship off our first giveaway for planning phase syndicate ever in the history the higher history uh, in the of galaxy three, it's getting of our, our show uh, only four episode. like three said, episodes I'll, I'll pull
1: them back up here guys just because you know why as well um these are unique tokens they're not going to be ever made again so for our first three people get us in there sorry there's not great light but it's a strain not great light there we go a strain token and our Vader deplete token anyways just a little thank you uh and like i said it's a one-off you will be the only person that of course doesn't cheat and make it there themselves but will be the only person that actually has them in the whole wide world at least that i know of so uh yeah so join up be that person be that unique person thank you jr uh yes please get your address to charles so we can get those sent out to you shortly thank you very much for joining the syndicate welcome Absolutely. thank you so
2: much
0: yeah so how was your week Bella's?
2: great i was gonna say it's pretty much the same as every no week. nothing get up, get up go to work come back home and by get up and go to work, I mean walk from my bedroom across my house <laughs> to my <laughs> my office and then go home is leaving the office. Um, still locked up due to COVID, so. I'm going to work remote. So it's a
1: so Charles,
0: sure. uh, let me ask a quick question because they've is heard there? about Matt. They've heard about Matt and my, um our, our situation in Michigan, but do you have a local store in Florida that you're able to play at? Have you guys actually been able to go back in person yet or no?
2: So, actually, um, at the time of this airing, uh, we have one LGS. It is House Rules Games uh, in Kissimmee, Florida. They hold a weekly league night on Wednesday evenings. Uh, the head limit, our head count limit is 20 so that we can maintain effective social distancing and everything that happens there. Uh, and it was just posted on their Facebook page, but our Cool Stuff Gaming store locations, uh, they are the physical brick and mortar of the CoolStuffInc.com website, uh, are actually opening up for in-person play too. Um, I don't know what that means for any of the other games, uh, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! or any of the umpteen million different card games that have a following here.
1: Oh! Uh, I do
2: But for X-Wing players uh, and for Legion players and Armada players, uh, we are able to start, you know, resuming normal play on Wednesdays and the other days that they have set up. So we are playing in person here.
0: Awesome. So hopefully Charles will be able to report back with some of his crazy scum shenanigans as we go forward. If if you're following this and and it hasn't happened yet, GSP has a bunch of online tournaments that you're welcomed on. Um, the th- between the three of us, typically Charles and I at least one or two out of the series matt does one once in a while they're not hitting rings because you have to sit there for quite a long time and sitting is not very fun if you gotta do it for like 12 hours it's not as fun as uh being able to go stand in person but um we're hoping that in-person play will come back for local stuff in october which is kind of what um amg has atomic mass games has actually stated that will probably have and so hopefully and I will be able to go do a couple local things either here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or in Detroit area. Or I'd Chicago. Say, maybe we'll go to Chicago about, too. Um, it might be to possibly Chicago. doing
1: our own stuff too. Uh, Coming real soon, maybe doing our own little game nights here or there. Uh, ble- be, oh my goodness. Woo. Please uh, stay tuned to our Facebook chat. Uh, and also we'll probably be throwing it here in Discord and stuff like that. For if we do have a in-person event, Uh, obviously um, mask required for the non-vaccinated let's keep everybody safe Uh, but yeah, we will be looking at that soon, possibly uh, TM obviously hoping for maybe a June uh, event, so if there is some interest, uh, please reach out via Discord or Facebook and we will get you into uh, possibly getting into some in-person play again yay!
0: I know. It's exciting. With that being said, let's get into our first segment for the night. We want to discuss system and activation phase, right? And and, and it's very important to the aspect of the game. And what we're going to do is I'm going to take a quick setup and we're going to switch. There we go. Over to our live emulation of the game
2: so just a real quick uh recap in episode two during our academy 101 segment we went over uh the initial setup phase uh and we went into placement as well um so and planning phase so we went over setting your ships up along the edge of the board uh placing your rocks as well as planning your first maneuvers uh normally in a tournament setting at this point they will check and make sure that everybody is set and ready to go Uh, and then we slide into the system phase um, or as i like to call it the forgotten phase Uh, because unless you're running a card that specifies that it takes place during the system phase uh, this particular phase doesn't normally happen quite a bit Uh, during the system phase you can place and launch uh, devices uh, such as bombs or other things like that Uh, You can utilize different cards um, such as trajectory simulator uh, or sensitive controls, which later in our roll call, uh, Matt is going to go over those cards in detail so you can see what they do. Um, But it allows you the ability to manipulate the board area prior to knowing where everybody is actually going to move, but after those moves have effectively been locked in place. Um, So if, for instance... I take Captain Nim and let's say for a turn, he is here. During my planning phase, I can choose somewhere behind him in order to drop a bomb uh, onto the field. Um, Or uh, as current meta at the time of this episode being recorded, uh, your uh, Zam Wessel, whether it be your pilot or crew card, uh, is also chosen during the system phase, but mainly Uh, system phases just for setting up bombs, uh, getting them placed on the mat, uh, and getting ready for the next phase. Uh, Do you guys have anything to add when it comes to system phase? Because that's really about it for it. Just a decloak. Oh, yep. I apologize. I completely forgot because in the scum world, we don't use that nasty, nasty things. We have other nasty things we use. Uh, But during the system phase, you also can't decloak the uh tie phantom or anything with a cloaking device or a stygium cloaking array uh we have those uh there for you as well uh you decloak that ship by removing the cloaking token or in the case of uh is it whisper, whisper. that turns and the echo. cloaking token into an evade token it whisper That's echo the, uh, platform guys oh it's the platform okay
0: yep so if you uh, look at the stream or... you'll see i brought the echo card up and we're not going to focus we're not going to focus on the other abilities. It's just that decloak ability. So essentially you're going to get to move and go ahead, and throw a decloak token on, on one of these ships, Charles, we're going to pretend, but throw it, there you go. Throw it on Nim. That's which is crazy. If NIM could ever decloak.
2: Oh Lord. If I could so ever he, get a cloaking device on NIM.
0: Yep. So there you go. So you could decloak in different ways. Um, They can basically, it's either a barrel roll or a, go ahead.
2: So when you decloak, as you decloak, you decloak either going one forward, um, or is it uh, it one forward or two to the side, right? Depends on the base. So a small base is a two. Uh,
1: Medium and large is a one.
2: Okay. And then if you're using the TIE Phantom uh, chassis, Uh, or echo in this case, uh, which we have up on the screen, Uh, you will see that in order to decloak, you must use a two bank or two straight uh, in order to decloak. Uh, This allows you to pre-position your ship uh, before, again, knowing what anybody else is going to do. Uh, So it could effectively, depending on your placement, allow you to bump um, or block an opponent's ship uh, after they've already done their maneuver. Um, But it's just yet another level of the chest-like maneuvering and the mindset that you have to have uh when playing x-wing as a whole uh at the end of the system phase now oh excuse me i'm sorry you go over during um, pre-position uh of the of the new jedi ships and uh by any chance uh we did not uh let me take a look here that is with the same ada oh both of us. The intuitive, <laughs> yep, the intuitive controls. So during the system phase, you can boost or barrel roll uh, as a purple action. Uh, now, Matt talked about this in our previous podcast on episode two. A purple action uh, is something that requires the expenditure of a force token uh, in order to do a purple action or a purple maneuver. Uh, and that can also be done during the system phase. Um, so pre-positioning, bombs... Um, Is there anything else that is effective in the system phase that you guys can think of off the top of your head?
1: I can't think of anything else, John. Nothing's jumping in at system phase.
2: Bomb dropping, decloaking.
1: Nope, just, just the stuff you forget always, which is
2: dropping bombs and decloaking. Yep, and it's also it's also a convenient thing in tournaments when this phase is forgotten because your opponent will dial in maneuvers that will fly them directly into your bombs because you never forget when you have bombs. Um, So the planning phase is just, again, or the system phase follows your planning phase. Now, when you are placing, if both opponent and yourself are placing or doing things during the system phase, uh, again, this will harken back to our previous episode, uh, when Matt spoke about the importance of the bid uh, and choosing first or second player, uh, it does go in initiative order. Um, so you know six, five, four, three, two, one, all the way through, uh, and it goes, and then it goes ascending. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, one through six, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you have tying initiatives for ships that are dropping bombs, it goes in player order. Uh, So player one versus player two. And that also goes with the bombs exploding uh, at the end of the activation phase, uh, which is a perfect segue uh, into the next phase that we're going to talk about, which is the activation phase. Uh, This phase is probably one of the most straightforward phases uh, when it comes to the game of X-Wing because it is simply in ascending pilot order. So from one to six, You're going to reveal the maneuver for your ship. You're going to place the movement for your ship. Uh, I would say complete, but if you get blocked, then you just go. Um, But you're going to place the movement of your ship at the end of the maneuver. You will then get to perform an action on the assigned bar. Now we keep mentioning blocking or not being able to complete your maneuver. Uh, So go into the rules nerd portion of my brain. If you are not able to complete your maneuver, your ship must retract along its uh, maneuver template to the closest point where the ship can actually be placed forward. Uh, Generally, this involves you kind of sliding along the template uh, directly into the ship that is in the place where you are supposed to be. Uh, If you have a mass of ships uh, and your ship can fit in between two but may not be able to complete the full maneuver, uh, it does allow you to be placed in the center as long as your ship can be fully placed there. The benefit to blocking your opponent's ships is if they bump into you and they don't fully complete their maneuver, uh, with the exception of in the case of a Nantex, uh, they don't have the ability to take an action uh, or do anything <laughs> there. They just end their flight and that is where it stops. Um, so if you can move into place where you block them, you cause yourself to be able to get an action uh, and then... They don't, uh, which places you at a very large strategic advantage when it comes to rolling dice. Um, After everybody's ships have moved and all actions have been completed, uh, we go out of the activation phase and we go into engagement phase, which we will talk into our next episode uh, in 101. But when it comes to the actual activation phase, like I said... So, Charles,
0: can we move the...
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, Why don't we go with the Falcon? Yeah, so... A let's let's activate.
0: No, no, no. Let's go in order. Matt set all his dials. I okay, set all my now. dials for you. <laughs> I set Thank your you. dials, so you don't get it. you don't get a choice in what moves you're making.
2: Oh well, this ought to be interesting.
1: All right. So my four will go first because in ascending order, my four is the first ship, uh, and as I'm player one, as we just so decided earlier. Uh, my four will go first and he's going to do a two hard right and then for my action i will barrel roll and then my that's right
0: because he's got to run run away away. why run away next
1: i'm gonna go three hard boost left and
0: All right, so Charles' is five, or I guess maybe mine, nim is Nim. He's going to go five forward.
2: That's a three straight.
0: And he does not have a boost on him. Did I say five? I meant three. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. And he's going to reach, reach out for a target lock.
2: Ooh, now. And see here, you can see
0: when the... he reached out, he will fail that because...
2: Oh, I was just going to say, when you fail a target lock action, meaning that you have thrown out your range three bubble and there is no enemy ship within that bubble, uh, you still must target lock something because it is a target lock action. Uh, so you would be end up taking a target lock on either the cloud or one of the rocks or a debris field in addition to that action.
0: Yep. And so just for the record, the reason we target lock with Nim is because when we get to roll call, and we get to shoot bombs out the front of our ship. <laughs> I want to know what my range five is. So I have a bubble so I know exactly where it is. Now, it aff- unfortunately gives this information away to Matt, too. But at the same token, I want to know where my bomb could land if I shoot it out the front next turn. All
1: right. And scenery and- Sunshirfel are both going to do the same thing, which is uh, five straight, uh, four straight forward rather, focus and then boost with the.
0: Oh, I can't do that with these ships. Oops. Oh. Can't do the boost. I forgot. You the can't first. do what? Don't worry about it. But they focus.
1: I have done this differently in the system phase, but that's okay. Yeah, they move four forward, forward and
0: focus okay. is what they did. All right, so Fen's going to go five. And then, Charles, what would you do with Fen then?
2: Uh, well, to be first and foremost, I wouldn't do a five straight because that's going to put Fen at range three. But given this particular situation, what I would probably do uh, is I would barrel roll uh, to the right and rear uh, and take a focus token for the stressful action which is a linked action for Fen Rao, and hopefully I'm able to get him out of that range 3 arc of the TIE Interceptors. Uh, but if not, Fen's going to be rolling four dice at range 3 with a focus. I think he's pretty safe at that point. But I've made that mistake many, many times where I have thought Fen Rao I don't is know, safe, wait. and Fen Rao is not. got to be careful. Then with the Falcon doing like a uh, four straight. Um, And I think in this case it may be who the Falcon to go ahead and stress and take a boost on this one just to get him a little closer into the action. Yep. I think that works well. And then so that is all of the ships in the activation at this point. Uh, So that would bring us to what would be the end of the activation phase. Now, there are plenty of cards, uh, probably a number bigger than what I can think of off the top of my head, Uh, but there are a number of cards that have abilities that fire at the end of the activation phase. Uh, One of those cards, well, hers is technically the beginning of the engagement phase, but would be one of my favorite pilots, which is Guri, which if she ends at range one, of an enemy ship, she is granted a free focus token. Um, But there are a lot of at the end of activation abilities that allow you to do things based on where everything rolled out and how well you were able to uh, plan for your opponent's maneuvers as well as plan what you are able to do. Looking at where we are now, the board state has completely changed, and this would allow us to transition into our next phase, which is the engagement phase. Uh, and that will be on our next episode of Academy 101. Stay tuned!
0: All right, so let's move on to our roll call phase.
1: to put the cat down you gotta you always got to wait with the cat all right uh so <laughs> a couple of the cards that we want to discuss and one of the reasons uh actually i wasn't able to do the link maneuver uh we'll start with that one is uh is the uh the card called sensitive controls i'm sure chris is bringing it up now uh but basically what that says is it replaces my auto thruster ability which is that double reposition which if you've been paying attention uh that's the reason why fell. Uh, is one of uh, Charles's most hated opponents. Um, but basically it allows me to do a red, a booster barrel roll during the system phase. Uh, it's it's kind of nice. It adds what's called a pre-position. It allows you to change where your ship is at, giving it an uh, added uh, ability to kind of confuse your enemies. So it does happen in that system phase. So as we discussed before, that planning phase where they set dials happens before the system phase. So basically, in this particular case, we'd be going back to the planning phase here and setting dials. Once you set those dials, is where this card would then take place. So um, basically, we would make our moves, and then I could, before, like for instance, I could take uh, Sunterfell here, and I can boost left, just like that. And now, I'm a little bit different angle. A little bit less predictable as to where I was at. Uh, And then also I have some added options and abilities. Uh, Because I can take that, it does allow me to have a little bit more uh, versatility, I would say. Uh, I can also barrel roll. Like I'm going to do a Sienna Re here. Uh, What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go ahead and barrel roll her to the left here. It gives me a little bit more room to have uh, just in case a bomb does come out. Uh, with the next item, we're, we're going to talk about, which is the trajectory simulator. So, basically, a way to think of your uh, s- the the sensitive controls uh, is is that it is a Jedi preposition without the force, but adding stress instead. Uh, you do lose something. You lose that uh, secondary reposition that you have during the activation phase, which of course we just learned about. So instead of being able to, say, barrel roll and boost, now you can do the barrel roll ahead of time and then boost during your actual turn. So that's sensitive controls. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a whole field of people telling you whether or not it's going to be the one to go for. Uh, you know Your own personal mileage may vary. I personally think that it would be great to have the pre-position on the lower initiative ones and the reposition on the higher initiative ones. Uh, because it does give your aces or your acer ships uh, your your higher initiative ships as i talk about the ac ones a little bit more versatility and abilities um next one i want to talk about real quick is the trajectory simulator well, this one's kind of an important one uh, what it allows you to do is it allows <laughs> instead of being able to drop a bomb it allows you to launch it instead uh, so there's two terms that we're going to talk about real quick. Drop is behind the ship. Launch is in front of the ship. So when it says launch a bomb, it basically you can put the bomb out in front of the ship and it makes you uh, do it at range five. So I'm sure Chris has pulled that up on the thing, but I'll real quick read it. It says during the system phase, uh, if you would drop or launch a bomb, you may launch it using a five template instead which gives it quite a range in front of the ship. So uh, if, uh, for instance, Charles, you want to put the, uh, the bomb launcher down there and, and show one for for me, uh, you'll kind of see where this is going to go. So it's important when you're first setting up and playing the game to know where exactly uh, or what ships have it on there. So be prepared for this just in case. Like Chris was saying too, especially if you're playing in your own local, local like game store, you can you can easily end up... Oops, we oh, you might have to do it. Charles.
2: Other side. I got you.
1: Well, it's oh, not in the I right think spot. Chris
2: may have to do it. Oh, did Chris put it down? Yeah. Yeah. There. there we go.
1: Okay, Chris has got to do it. All right, so if you noticed, it actually moved it to underneath this ship, directly underneath that ship. Uh, those trajectory simulators do drastically change where a bomb would be. Because normally, all you'd be able to do is drop a bomb unless some ship pilots do allow you to do a a launching. Uh, But you basically usually would look at a one or a two launch. In this particular case, giving it a five launch, it throws it way in front of the ship and actually allows it to move and still not be bombed by that bomb. So it's, it's a very useful tool and it is avoidable if you do, pardon me, I'm so sorry, pay attention. But do be aware that it can strike you. So that's one of those ones that really uh, can affect you uh, if, you're, if you're not paying attention. So now that you know,
2: uh, you can be prepared. Now, one, one thing that we need to point out here with the trajectory simulator is an importance in the wording. Right. Uh, in that the during the system phase, you would drop or launch a bomb, not a mine.
1: So that was the next thing I was going to discuss. Yep. Oh,
0: yes. Are you, are you, are you, are you picking at me? Because I played in a tournament where I actually tried to put a techno union bomber that launches things with, with, with that on there. And it did not work. And I ran into that the hard way and actually lost the game by four points because I tried to launch a proximity mine, which you can see on the screen is a mine, not a bomb, figuring that I could launch it, hit the opponent, it would blow up, and I would, like, kill that shit. It was a TIE fighter, you know? So I figured it had two hole left. It could get hit with one. Maximum, you know, minimum, he would be at one haul if he didn't roll any damage. So I learned the hard way you cannot do that um, in a tournament and ended up uh, losing that game because of that. uh,
1: It is a bomb. Uh, as they both mentioned, uh, like I said, it was the next thing I was going but but it's all good. Um, you can still drop a mine, obviously. You just cannot use the trajectory simulator
2: to launch the mine.
1: I believe I've covered them. Is there anything I missed, guys?
2: Uh, no, I think that's it. Just know that when you are planning for your bombs, um, they do not go off until the end of the activation phase. So when you are planning to launch or drop... Uh, ...a bomb in place, you are going to be doing it thinking that you know where your opponent is going to go. Uh, all too often, I have thought that I knew where Matt was going to go... ...or Chris was going to go and dropped bombs and planning such. Uh, and instead, they do the complete opposite of what I thought they were going to do... ...and they end up going nowhere near my bombs and it's wasted. Uh, so just be careful in that when you're trying to plan where your bombs are going. It's not where the ship is when you drop the bomb... It is where the ship is going to be after all the maneuvers are done.
1: And so actually too, we didn't kind of discuss that, but so real quickly, I'm actually going to to kind of mention this too. All right. So he's dropped this bomb in this, in this turn. He's a five. Technically he would drop the bomb before I get to make my pre-position maneuvers. So in this particular case, I can go, Uh Oh, I now could decide whether or not, because as we talk about it, it, it really does start to add up in the initiatives. You understand why your Initiative 6 cost so much more than your Initiative 1 pilots. Uh, you're, you really do get those added bonuses, those added few little little things. If these were lower Initiative ships, then Captain Nim could have thrown a bomb, and I wouldn't have been able to know that it was going to come or not come. I, would, I, I just... He drops at Initiative 5. If I had ships that were Initiative One, they wouldn't have that extra board knowledge or uh, the evolving situation as the initiatives go up, or what we call board knowledge.
2: Yep. So that was all right. Anything else you guys
0: problems. want to cover with? Yeah, and I will say that I like. The sensitive controls. I don't like the point cost because the point cost is two and I don't like that. And it's also required if you fly multiple ships, you have to have it on both of them. So Matt, if you tell Matt has both of them out for both his interceptors, that's four mandatory points. So you are not, it's not like you're able to just have it on one because I'll be honest, I have used it on Sincere Fell to great effect. Like, it's been really fun to be able to pre-maneuver soon fell before. And I say that because in this like in this situation, I would be boosting, and then I would take him and move him all the way around to block Fen, or to avoid a shot from Fen. One of the two. One of the two will happen, Is if I boost, and then I do like a three bang, I'm going to end up right here, roughly. And I don't know if you can see my hand on the screen or not, but... I would end up right here, roughly. And that's what I would want because either I'll block Ben if he tries to go slow or if he goes fast, I'm avoiding him. I'm going to take my shot. Uh, Chances are I'm not going to have anybody around me, and that's that's what Soon's Here wants. And I'm going to be outside of that bomb. So sensitive controls actually is a very underrated card that a lot of people are not utilizing right now. And I think that going forward, if they fix some of the point costs, we would be able to see more of it as an advantage. Kind of like Disciplined is. Well, that's another card we're not going to get card. into. Not tonight, yeah. at least. <laughs> well, the other... So
2: for me, the other benefit... Disagree with that. But we're going but... to see an increase in Discipline. So for, for me, oh, when it comes to sensitive controls, I think two things come into play. One, it changes your play style uh, when you're flying an in- Interceptor. Uh, because if you don't have the sensitive controls, then everything is done after you you know after the maneuver. Um, so you're a reactive uh, ship, whereas with the sensitive controls, uh, it is a proactive ship. Uh, the other major benefit to it is if you dial in a blue maneuver after you do that. It gives you the stress to do the actual action to do the barrel roll or the boost. And then you would be able to do a blue maneuver to shed that stress and still get your action. Uh, whereas after you do that um, without the sensitive controls, you're holding that stress and preventing that pre-position after the turn. Uh, so again, it does mildly change the way that you fly your interceptors because, like I said, you're being proactive instead of reactive. Uh, but I do enjoy it for the flavor twist that it gives when you're when you fly against. You know interceptors all the time, you know about the double reposition, uh, but having that pre position can mess with you as well.
0: And our next segment is going to be another constructed S star, right? We're going to do another well, one, aren't we? We
1: are going to do another constructed Death star, but why don't we, if we have time, would you like to do uh, what turns my dials, or did you want to wait? <laughs>
0: Do you, you want to do that? Is this, it? Are this, you telling I me think, I need I to
1: do well, to what turns happen. my I mean, dials? For for all of I... you guys, I mean, I'm going to get the discipline. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, Chris has been wanting to. I think this is why he created this podcast with us. This way so he could speak of this. I'm <laughs> this I'm relatively certain. Thing. So that he could constantly <laughs> and ceaselessly talk about how horrible Torquil Mux is. Um, so please, Chris, explain to the to the to the group at large and the world. What is in your soul sir
0: all right fine fine we're we'll, we're we'll go with that so what churns my dials there's a lot of things that turns my dial but one of the big things that does is torquil Mux. and i am going to be very cautious in how i say this because i don't dislike scum actually i kind of do like plain scum it's not like a um, a, a thing that is so abhorrent to me that I will never, ever in my life play it. But the one the thing I hate is being able to take a bunch of ships.
2: Yep. So What's that? In the game. So it's the best faction in the game. Blow it out
0: your ass. I'm just going to mute you. It's not. <laughs> but what turns my dials, essentially, is the fact that I have a hatred towards things that really mess with my actual ship, right? So the big thing that I have is if I'm running all sixes, if you play against Torquil Mux, what's going to happen is he's going to take your ship and he's going to make it an initiative zero. So we talked about initiative in the first or in the second episode where we talked about, you know, how you get to move, where you place your forces down and things like that. So Torquil Mux is going to come in. So if I have a Soon-Tier fell and I get in the arc of a Torquil Mux, he's gonna go, uh soon serphal, you're gonna shoot at zero. And he's gonna do that because of the fact that what he wants to do, and this is this is key. What he wants to do is say, you no longer can utilize any of your abilities during the engagement phase, and you're gonna wait and have to become defensive until the end phase. Now, normally that doesn't sound bad because you only have one arc, right? Unless you have a Bowtie Arc or a Turret Arc, and Mux happens to have a Turret Arc. He also has this card called Moldy Bloody Crow. That's what he has. Moldy Bloody Crow essentially allows you to have a front dice, three attack, plus your turret. So you essentially are going to get two arcs. Two bloody arcs. And if you want to bring up a TTSL, don't, don't do that. Cause this is going to anger me. And then I'm going to go on a longer rant about why I hate Torkoal Mux. But the big thing here is the fact that he, what he What he's going to do is he can shoot at you on that angle, right? So he has 50% coverage of the whole ship. So if you get anywhere in his thing, he can say, no, thank you. You're going to go last. Now, The law in the long run of things, and I'll try to wind it down a little bit so I don't run around and fall off the rails. Is the fact that in a swarm tactics, which is what I like to play with CIS, if you were to do that with an important ship, scum can run a semi swarm, which is six to seven ships typically with Torquemux and Moldy Crow in it. And essentially, if you Run in a swarm tactics, you can focus on one ship that you don't want and just obliterate it. Just completely obliterate that ship. So if it cannot avoid you, that ship will not get to shoot no matter what, unless you have Nash, Rin- Nash Windrider from the Empire or Warthog from Republic. So there's two ships that allow you to keep your damn ship on the board until the end of the turn. Otherwise, essentially, you're just out of luck and that ship gets deleted. So that's my disgust
1: Did wanna, with Mugs. So what he's talking about here is is it changes the pilot initiative from 6 to 0. Uh, so basically what he was saying is is it doesn't get a shoot. Um, generally speaking, your 6s will engage first. I know we haven't gotten to that yet, but uh, you, you shoot and engage in a descending order, starting with 6 uh, and then moving down to obviously 0. Uh, so the thing with Torquemux is he does take your ace, where normally you'd be able to set an ace up just in front of your, of your. Um, like for instance, if Soontrafel and Torquemux were facing each other, uh, Torquemux is I believe a three. Is that right, guys? Or is he a two? about two or a three. Either uh, way. Torquemux uh, is a And then Suntarfel is a
0: six.
1: Right. So He's a two. Usually, Suntarfel would go way before. Uh, Mux would, but in this particular case, by changing it to zero, it does allow Mux to what we call, um, uh, what would you call initiative kill. PS kill, kill. Uh, which PS kill initiative kill. PS kill, yep. PS kill is a, is a hangover from one. Uh, initiative kill is what we call it in uh, 2.0. Basically, what it means is you're removed from the board uh, at an initiative before you get to engage. And then the other ships that he was talking about were ships that allowed you to stay on the board. Uh, after you engage so uh, that's one clarification I really quick wanted to mention uh, and then one other thing that he mentioned out there was moldy crow which is a 16 point title that can be added to the Hawk 290 uh, It does give it a front forward three dice arc uh, so it does give it a basically 180 degrees of coverage area with its two dice uh, turret. So as he's not here to defend it, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess we'll go to our, our resident scum player to to actually expound upon uh, the strengths and weaknesses uh, of it seen differently.
2: So the, the strength of Mux, the list that I ran him in uh, most efficiently, um, <clears throat> is normally running Torkoomux, uh with at least the Moldy Crow. Uh, if nothing else, you're running that at least. Uh, And then you're going to run uh, three of the Kiraz uh, fighters, which makes this list forcibly in the uh, extended format as they have not been released uh, in 2.0 yet. Um, So you run three of them at the cartel marauder uh, standpoint there, uh, which puts them at 37 points each. Uh, And then you normally pair that, uh, that foursome uh, with uh, Captain Seavor, uh, Captain Seavor is the mining guild type pilot uh, that allows, if an enemy is in your bullseye arc, uh, you may spend his charge. And if you do, that enemy gains a jam token, uh, which would forcibly remove uh, maybe a defensive mod or a target lock uh, from that particular ship. Uh, with this particular setup, you utilize Torkoal Mucks to take a ship and force them down to zero. Uh, if you have flown it correct, you also are going to strip a token off of that ship, and then that ship is going to be taking five range one to two shots, hopefully, uh, from the Cartel Marauders and from Torkoal, Mux and Seabor. Uh If you can get the Cartel Marauder into range one, that is a four dice primary attack, hopefully modded. Um, but most ships in the game, if they're small or medium base, uh, can't swallow five consecutive shots with no return shot back on those ships, uh, you tend to be able to delete a ship pretty quickly. And so, when you do that to someone like Fenrau, or you do so that gotta, to someone hold, like... I'm uh, going to stop
0: you. Yeah, go ahead. You you said you could have five of those cartel spacers?
2: No, three. Three cartel spacers, okay. Mux, and Captain Sevor in a list. So five shots but three of them coming three dice and then depending on where Torkoal is. Now, I will say that Torkoal is extremely powerful. However, he is not unbeatable. Uh, Being that he is on the Hawk, the Hawk's dial is not amazing. Uh, The Hawk only has two defense die, which means you can knock it into oblivion pretty swiftly. Uh, And with only five health, uh, it has less health than an X-Wing. So, not amazingly uh, stout of a ship, um, but again, if it's something that you can pull off, it is an amazingly fun uh, mechanic for the person flying it, uh, and as we can see, uh, it creates some pretty healthy enemies and the people that have to fly against it.
0: It creates a negative play experience for those who have to fly against it. There you so, go. Uh, yeah, Let's just be so honest.
1: We're going to just real quickly pull... Pull, pull that back down a little bit. He talked about a few things there, so we're going to go into a Kiraz fighter, uh, which is the scum ish equivalent, ish, lots of ishes there, of an X Wing. It's a three attack dice gun with a two defense dice. That one just has, I think, one shield, five, five hole. Uh, it's slightly different. Basically, uh, it's a heavy fighter, uh, like the X Wing would be considered. Uh, he also talked about. Oh, we lost Charles. Uh, he also talked there about uh, how it was a little less uh, survivable. And that is one of the, the things that you do see with these Hawks. Uh, and I know that it's hard and it is oppressive, especially when you have all those attack dice coming in. But one of the things about it is is that you can sometimes definitely dunk on uh, those Hawks. You really can give it a little bit of, uh, of, of a tap. And just take it down from from the from the list pretty quickly. Uh, so that was that was a good point. Uh, it does also uh, not have a lot of uh, of flexibility when it comes to movement. The movement dial is kind of locked. Uh, but with the Moldy Crow, you it allows you to bank focuses as well. I didn't add that on. I should have said that when I did that. Uh, it also allows you to keep up to two focus tokens from Uh, previous turns so that is another thing that the uh, Moldy Crow title allows it. Welcome back Uh, either way yes Uh, when you have um, when you have Torkoal with the Moldy Crow uh, and they have been uh, recently you've been seeing him paired with Zam Wessel basically you really start having a pretty formidable ship. Zam Wessel basically allows you to uh, at if the correct situations are met to basically shoot twice uh, and also take free locks. So those are uh, pretty oppressive tactics. So Chris is correct. It can really, really change the swing. Um, is it, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say it basically makes it no fun. It definitely makes it no fun for Chris. Uh, and um, Is it Nantex levels it, of overpowered? Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, I don't think I don't think it's Nantex level personally, but I mean it is it is a it is a it is a very powerful ship. It is a very um, substantial portion of a of a list. so definitely keep an eye out out there, guys and now now that you know and now you know
0: all right, so let's move into the last segment for the show. the constructed death Star. so So you got to see Charles and Matt build lists. And what's going to happen is next episode that we do next week is going to have John join us to essentially build a list that will allow us to go ahead and fight for two different people, right? So Matt and Charles are going to fight. Me and John will fight. So, what Charles and Matt are going to do is help me build a list essentially that we're going to take against John. And the best part is, he's not here. So, he doesn't know what list I'm going to build with you guys. It's not like we're, we're not going to tell him. This or
1: anything.
0: We're not going to tell him. He cannot see. We're not going to distribute it until he builds his
2: list. Until not, he builds his list. Until he builds
1: his Is a super secret episode? Yes. yes,
2: this is our super, super secret, secret episode
0: gotcha. three. Gotcha. You won't get to see this live until after. Wow!
1: All right. Well, okay. Let's definitely let's definitely give Chris the advantage over John. I think that's
2: fair. Uh, right. I think I so, think any three of us in this current podcast could use every advantage over John that we can get. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: All right. So last time, what happened is I got to pick a or. Matt got to pick a faction that he wanted to fly and there was a veto, correct? That's how we're going to do this? Uh,
1: yep. Yeah, you Yeah, you can veto the faction and then you can veto a ship.
0: All right, so do you pick the faction and then I veto or do I get to pick the faction and you veto?
1: That would be the, the other way and then you pick another one and we can veto. So it basically gives us a lot of control over the faction, much less control over the list.
2: I definitely think there
1: should be a scum list. I would say no, because that. then he's going to be tempted to put Torkoal on the field. Yeah. And <laughs> no, there was no Turkle temptation.
2: Mucks, that there. was going to be the first ship
1: I put on the list. Well, I know, but he will still fly it. I mean,
0: I don't fly I, it, I think it's good. I'm it.
1: not putting Torkoal on the field.
0: Yeah, I'm going to veto scum. Yeah. Okay. I'm vetoing scum. I don't want to run scum. Right.
1: So I'm actually going to say resistance. Oh, okay. Are you good with resistance, sir?
0: Yep, I I well I don't get another veto, but yes I like resistance. Yes, and I have I mean, ran
2: resistance quite a bit.
1: I guess it so. goes out to Charles too. Charles, are you good with the resistance? I think I'm I do
2: totally do good with yep. resistance.
1: The fun grouping, you know, I I like it.
2: Yeah. Fireballs and here fairness, we
1: go.
0: And in fairness, we don't have you ran Republic. Matt ran CIS. I knew I was not going to get CIS, even though that's really what you should just give me if you want me to beat John. Um. But play, John. I will I take, care I'll take Republic. I love Republic mm-hmm. and we don't have any bands. So you can't get rid of heroic for me. So <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but we can just not give you a wings.
0: You, you could, Yep, cool. you could, I know what you're going to give me. You butt muncher. Oh,
2: All
0: right, go okay, ahead. Well, apparently, go ahead. If
2: you know, go ahead, Charles. Nope. Uh, I'm going to do something that I've not seen him fly. And I haven't seen on the table in quite some time. Ah, uh, we're gonna throw an MG one hundred Star Fortress in there. Yes, you are. That's I know. I go I yes, I am. <laughs>
0: and if we're gonna do that, we're gonna put Benny in it then.
1: Okay, I'm good with that. I mean, I'm good with that. that F- as a pilot. I mean, was that your was that your veto? Because I didn't hear him say one. Um, just saying there.
2: Were I'm not vetoing
0: thinking, anything. Bro? I'm gonna. I'll let you. I'll run an I'm gonna, MG on. one hundred. Let me look
2: at these pilots. Let me look at these pilots. Oh and see my what god. We got.
0: Well, the
1: problem is, and he's he's 100% right. And, and just for everybody out there in the crowd, I likely guess that most of you don't know what this is, basically. It is a is a, uh, basically a, is a 1.0 ship that has not been re-released. I think it'll be one of the less released ships, if I were to guess. It is a large base. It is a bomber. It is big.
2: It is fat. And it is slow. I think I'd like to I'd like to see Eden and Kephel. So he's in initiative three. After you fully execute a blue or white maneuver, if you have not dropped or launched a device this round, you may drop a device. That's Alright.
0: Cool. I'll allow it. You're killing me though. Vinny's well, okay. Vinny's, so, so hear, Vinny's, Vinny's a staple, man.
2: I like you know when he runs of, these Venny, oh, he. But Venny is not concentrating on the bomber potential of this ship. Mm, He's concentrating true. on the gun. He's concentrating on the fat B wing that this ship is. Yeah. I want you to focus on the bomber that it can be. Right.
0: Then I'm going to add trajectory simulator to it.
2: I'm definitely in for that.
0: All right, Matt.
2: All right.
1: Good question. What to do? What to do? As you've already set the pace. Oof, the problem now becomes. I I see this as a bombing list now is a problem. Like fireballing, him. give him oh, a fireball. Why? Why would I do it when <laughs> I know you're going to?
2: Like, well, we could just bounce fireballs back and forth, and that's the rest of the list. We give, give him a fireball a bunch, more, with
1: a, a, bunch <laughs> of, a bunch of crappy pods. I mean, let's. I mean, you know what? Generic, I like, generic I, transport pods. Putting on the board. I love Kovanel with Leia. I love it. It's a huge piece. It's amazing. I'm giving you Covenel with Leia. Transport. uh, Resistance transport. Pilot Covenel. Crew. Leia Organa. A lot of points, but it's awesome.
0: All right. Well, we're going to add stuff. I think. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we obviously got to have some bombs. <laughs> we got to have a payload of some sort.
2: So. Yeah, I think we should Let's flesh out these two ships, and then we'll fill in with something else because yeah. right now you've eaten over 100 points in the two ships.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Eaten, your ship is more than mine, bro.
0: So I think we're going to have to go with seismic charges, at least, by, because by one
2: point. <laughs> yep.
0: we're going we're gonna to have to go with seismic charges because if we don't, I can't blow rocks up. Then I can bring rocks. I can. My goal can be to put rocks in front of them and blow them up in front of other people.
1: Not a bad idea. Because both these people ain't going to move very fast. R4 They're gonna, like is a is a staple on the Covanel too. So I highly suggest an R4 Astromech upgrade on Covanel.
0: And that's fine, because that's only two points. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, actually. I, I like that on her.
1: Uh, I would also take a second payload on the uh on Eden. Uh maybe maybe uh, uh thermals. Or do you feel
0: more like nope, I like thermals better than anything else personally. I wish I had a count dooku, but you didn't give me CIS, so I don't get my Count Dooku.
2: I'm sorry about your luck. So if I can make a recommendation, this is not by all means saying that we're going to put this anywhere. Um, But I think that you should have two gunners um, on the Star Fortress, one of them being Page Tico and the other being a skilled bombardier.
0: All right. So I don't know what Page Tico is. After you perform a primary attack, you may drop one bomb or rotate your... All right. I'm going to go with Page. I like Page Seco because I can use Trajectory Simulator to launch it.
2: Correct. Correct. And you yep. do it after right. you attack, so that bomb gets some extra usage for, for board denial.
0: And Skill Bombardier is only two points. Yes, and and I can bombardier now use. Skill Bombardier
2: gives you the. You can the do four. A four straight to launch as well. Or a right. two straight to to go out the back, giving you extra added coverage bonuses and stuff like that.
1: Not a bad way to go. So the question is now, Charles. I think that those are pretty full. They're pretty filled out. The only thing that I would add, if it were me, maybe is a heroic. But let's see how many points we have left at the end there. But I think that's pretty filled out.
0: I'm going to put heroic on anyway, because it's only one point. Kova. Put so it on Kova. Don't need it it's going. Done. Dunzo.
1: Okay. All right, so we're at 134. Now the question is, what piece do we shove into this very mis- mis- mismatched list?
0: I <laughs> It depends, because some of me says you put fireballs in, and then some of me says you give me Poe.
1: Yeah, that's i say. Some <clears throat> of me says Poe Drive Thruster with Poe, but I don't know.
0: But the problem is I'm pretty sure Poe is pretty expensive.
1: Oh, exceptionally expensive. Uh, oh, depending him, on uh, which yeah, po so you I go with, yeah, we can go. With.
2: I got six points left. <laughs> Girls <of Hope> po. <laughs> so I have my thought. Just for sh- just for sheer annoy factor, I think we should go with Kazuda, uh, in the fireball.
0: Yeah, I like that better than bow. I'll be honest. I'm a bigger. Sh- I I I run more ships, typically than two <laughs>
2: that's why that's why you're getting less ships <laughs> oh, to be strange. fair to be fair Weird. if you so here's the thing if you left kazuda with no upgrades you could fit a colossus station mechanic into this list and end up with a four ship list just with two fireballs
1: so the question is is kazudo that good or is because you can do no you can't shoot okay yep. Yeah. yeah you can
2: do so cast. the reason that i the reason I put Kazuda in there is if the enemy's initiative is higher than the number of damage cards you have, you may roll one one additional die. So he gets oh. an additional attack and defense die as long as someone's initiative that he's shooting at or defending against is higher than that, and he starts the car or he starts the game with one face down damage card to start. Right. So. He's always he's got that one. So now that makes him a three attack, three defense, as long as whatever is shooting at him is higher than initiative one, which most cases looking at the lists that we've built, I didn't think I saw any initiative ones thus far. So unless John happens to get assigned by the three of us a droid swarm with all I ones. Right. I think this is a pretty solid pick.
1: Um I do have a yep. question, and here's, here's maybe a modification. If we drop Skilled Bombardier and we drop Heroic, we can give him an R5 Astromech on Kaz, which allows him to repair his damage card uh, and thus have no damage cards and make his ability that much more effective.
2: Let me. You know what? I want to look at something because I like that R five Astromech. But how much points does this R five? I R5 need
0: astromech. four points because I'm going to put Rose. <laughs> like I don't know what else to do. I got so points left. Get I of mean, of technically you could the do theory, that without
1: putting Rose. Oh, my idea is not going to work. The four points required for the R five.
2: Because throwing a shield upgrade on Kazuda would be crazy. Because you can heal that damage, and then you don't take a a damage. For a you, you know for the first on. attack, but yeah, you can still continuously heal off of that with the uh. Well, well at least get two, two, two. Yeah. Now remember, you can only repair the face up ship card or the face or the face up ship card if it's a ship damage card. So hopefully that's the one you draw. Um, but mm. I like Kazuto with, with an Kansas R5. Fire you can...
0: Fireball. You get the pick. Yeah,
1: you can repair a face down so damage, damage card too.
2: Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um. So. So here's the thing, if we do Kazuda and we take out the other fireball and you make it a three ship list, then you still have room for the skilled bombardier for heroic and you said you wanted to throw what on Kovano? Heroic on Kova and skilled right and then he said on. there was something else that he wanted.
0: No no no, I was gonna put Rose in there for a four ship. Oh.
2: <laughs> Can I got 24 points grit. to
0: play with right here. No, so not, no I, not, yeah, Rose, not anymore. Rose I can't.
2: So you can do Rose. I'm one
0: percent. point short.
2: Oh, you could. Uh, then okay, drop, so... sc- drop skill Bombardier. Yeah. I did. So you drop skill Bombardier. That's 200 flat, dude.
1: Yeah, and you add heroic back to Covenel, and you're fine.
0: I'm I'm at 201.
1: What do you got on? So it? we've
2: got the Star Fortress with trajectory simulator, page tico, thermal detonators, seismic charges.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: You've got the resistance transport with Covenel, heroic, Leia, and R4. Mm-hmm.
0: No heroic.
2: Well, okay, but you can add heroic. Then Kazuda um, with the R 5 mm-hmm. And that's it.
0: Well, do you want me to Okay. So do you want me to drop Kaz's fireball then?
2: Oh, you put the title on there. That's the piece you had that yeah, I Yeah, because then I could don't pick the, the
0: damage card I want.
2: Yeah, but you you don't have to, see. So with the
1: R5, you remove that card right away, so there's no point in doing both. do one or the
2: other. Yeah, because the R5 I is going to let you heal that okay. card, because mm-hmm. it'll be face down no matter what. It's only right. face up if you have to expose it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, so then I could put Heroic back on Covanella, and I got 200 flat.
2: And yep, and you got Rose 200. I think that's a solid list, my friend. I mean is there it's is there star anything fortress that you want to it, veto so. or that you can pull off
0: am i allowed to veto the star fortress <laughs> no <laughs> when it came out
2: so i mean <laughs> come on dude Vinny. it's an 11 health b-wing like you're gonna and it's got a bow tie arc we could do venny i guess with with. yeah but if we do venny we lose a well i mean venny gives you an option for two more points But again, Eden gives you so many more options to, uh, to drop because after you execute your maneuver at I three, you then get to drop a bomb or launch a bomb because you have trajectory simulator on there.
1: Oh, let's see here. With with that, you do, is it agile gunner? Nope. You do.
0: No, I think you're right, Charles. I think, I think we stick with this, um, It's a fun list. I've never run Eden before, in fairness. Interesting. So I don't run run Star Fortress this ever. So
2: I think we all have something on the list that we've built where we're looking at it and going, "I have never seen this card on a board ever. Let's give it a shot." Because I have Kit Fisto.
0: Yeah, and against your list, I would 100% take this.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would you're not wrong. I
0: would essentially decimate your list. But, again, I don't know what John's going to pick. So that's fine. It's fine. There you go. It's fine. It's The idea is, is to have fun. Have I will admit, I've never ran a Star Fortress. And if it's fun to run, I own one, so I can put it on the table next time. I, that's The goal is going to be is to have fun, enough fun with this that I can put this on the table and have fun. Exactly. That's going to be the goal. So, I agree with you. We're gonna go with this. I saved it. It's uh my Tanner construct the Death Star. And uh that's that's the way it, that's the way it is, cause all our systems belong to us. That's how it works. Alright guys,
1: so let's just do a quick rundown of Chris's list. We have the MG one hundred star fortress with Eden Capfel. trajectory simulators, page Tico, Gunner, to Seismic Chargers and Thermal Detonators, we have the Covenel with heroic Astromech R four and Le Organa we have Kaz in the Fireball with the R5 Astromech and Rose in the Resistance Pod.
2: Now, remember, in order to field this list, you must have two Resistance transports because you can't field the Pod and the Resistance transport separately from each other. Right. Because we have to. Guess who like owns that.
0: two of them? This guy. Well, well done. You. Then.
2: <laughs> if D you do, ever sees. I like Resistance. <laughs> If DU never sees this episode, I apologize ahead of time for that shot, but I don't think he ever will. So I think we're all right.
0: <laughs>
1: in the rules, I all right.
2: Required.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Um Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We've had an amazing time having a conversation with you about our show. And 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 again, the idea behind this is we want to help you become better X-Wing players, learn the game of X-Wing, or just have fun. And, like, this segment kind of shows, they took and let's be honest, I have ran Resistance quite a bit, and you can ask Matt, Matt and I, Matt will admit, I love Resistance to some extent, um, more or less because of A-Wings and and um, Ray. but I do like Resistance, and that was probably the third faction I actually bought into out of the box. So like I bought into empire this and the resistance was the third one. Um, and some of that was cause my son owned Republic. So there's no reason to buy into it. And then Matt started to get into first order. So it was kind of like, eh, if our goal was, is to just be able to play the game with whatever faction we wanted, there was no reason for all of us to own everything. But then the addiction set in and Chris owns almost everything. So, um, I spent more money than I should have on this game. But at the exact same time, it's really fun, and one of these days, Charles is actually going to come to Michigan, probably hopefully this year, and he's going to hang out with us, and we're going to play an in-person game where we decimate Charles with his Torkoal Mucks, and I will purposely stream that game live where I will put a list together to destroy Torkoal Mucks just for everyone's enjoyment. That's how Hulk. much I hate Torkoal Mucks. He's going to break his model. Or nope, I will not break his model because I have to buy him a new one, <laughs> and I'm cheap. I don't want to do that, but I, I will destroy. I just
2: got a new one with my uh, my squad pack, so I'll put the brown one on. And so if you break it, I still got the black one, so I'm good.
0: That's fine. I will ensure that Charles loses that game with Torkelmux. I will wager money on that game that Charles will lose that game because I hate Torkelmux that much. Uh, I want to win. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we will be back with another episode of Planning Face Syndicate. And uh, if you like what we're doing, go ahead and hit the follow button on Twitch, the subscribe button and the little bell on YouTube. Go over to our Facebook and like, and subscribe as well as if you want to join a little bit of money, you can join us over on Patreon. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with another amazing episode next week. Have a good night, everyone one
1: real quick. One Thanks, to once again, say thank you to Jr. Please make sure to get your information to Charles or myself. Thank you.